Welcome to GoPro, a podcast dedicated to giving athletes the tools to transition, transform, and achieve their greater purpose in life. Get ready to go pro. Hey y'all, welcome back to the GoPro podcast. This is your host speaking, Nate Brown. Man, this year is flying by like crazy. It's wild to believe that this is episode number 11 of the GoPro podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, one who is probably one of the most well-versed individuals I've ever had the pleasure of crossing paths with. He's an athletic director at the Division I level, a teacher with his doctorate in psychology, an author, a strong advocate for diversity and inclusion throughout the NCAA, has his own podcast. I mean, man, this dude literally does it all. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Dr. Pat Ivey. Thank you very much. How's it going, Nate Brown? I'm doing well, man. Cannot complain. Uh, I just want to give the listeners just a little background of how we were introduced to each other. So first met Dr. Ivey as the head strength coach back in 2015 during my first two years of college. And I can honestly say players, including myself, felt like you were a lot more than just a strength coach. You were someone that, you know, we could open up to and and go to with off the field issues because you had lived both sides of playing in the NFL as well as, you know, pursuing a, a strong education. You know, it wasn't it wasn't too many programs in America at the time who had a strength coach with his doctorate in psychology who was also willing to meet with the team twice a week to teach us how to master the mental side of the game. So I cannot express my gratitude enough for you taking time out of your schedule to, to sit with us today on the GoPro podcast. Oh, this is my pleasure, Nate. I'm so proud of you and what you're doing. Um, you know, I'm excited to see where you take this. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So uh, let's let's go ahead and get into it. As I previously mentioned, you're a man who wears many hats, coach, teacher, father, Bring us up to speed on on some of the amazing work that you're currently doing now. Wow, um, one I, I'm I'm grateful to be here at the University of Louisville, uh, working with a fantastic leader, a great man, um, Vince Tyree, and I have a great leadership team that I'm working with. So it's good because I get to I, I'm still getting to learn. Um, Vince is someone who has spent a lot of time in business as a CEO, COO, owning his own businesses. I mean, I believe he was running Fruit of the Loom at 31 years old. So, oh wow, um, he's a big he was a big sports fan and um, just a a great leader that provides a lot of autonomy. Um, he expects the people that he hire to be leaders and to be good communicators and just uh, be someone that is uh, growing, learning, adapting, overcoming. Uh, and, and just trying to win each day. So for me, that fits exactly with with uh, my personality and my drive. Um, it's, I'm a person that loves to give back to other people. So uh, being in that type of environment is is, is a true blessing to me. I think, uh, you know, just going back to being a student athlete at the University of Missouri, uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of passion there uh, for that university. And what I try to do is just give you all as uh, the, the the student athletes that I was um, in in charge of, um, in terms of the areas that I could oversee, it was my charge to 
to uh, be the best version I could be for you all. And just uh, whatever I needed was in that, as an athlete and my teammates needed, that's what I tried to give you all. And so for me, it was that drive was there every day. So um, it was never a job to me. It was always uh, a pleasure because and, and, I had a, a passion and a purpose to, uh, to help you all be the best you could be. That's awesome. Um, and, and I want to just take a moment and, and harp on kind of what you said, that passion and that purpose. Um, and I feel like you've you've channeled that through so many different areas, through maybe the podcast that you're currently doing, but also the book that you came out with a few years ago called What Are You Leaving on the Table? And I'd like for you to just kind of maybe just give us an, an overview or some of the main points of that book and kind of what inspired you to go in and write it. Absolutely. Uh <laughs> You know, um, we, there's a professor at the University of Missouri named Dr. Ty Douglas, and um, he is someone that, and you know him. Yeah. He is someone that that empowers people, inspires people to just, you know, um, share their story and do it through writing. And, you know, that to be honest, I've written a few things, um, a couple of books and chapters in a book and articles, but that's not my strength. It really is not my strength. Um as a matter of fact, when I was a college student athlete, I despised reading. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of ironic that I'm writing a book for student athletes. Uh, so I actually did it with that in mind, for, with with the with me in mind, knowing okay, how do I write something so that someone who does not want to read will read? And and so I'm, I'm I actually dictated um, most of the book. Uh, into my computer because I, I wanted to put myself in the space of being a coach. And so that's kind of how I writ wrote it. Um, there are basically four different themes in the book, uh, choices, character development, money and wealth and uh, living life. And under choices, um, there are four chapters, choosing your identity, choosing a path, choosing your friends, career choice and education. And under character development, it's personal development, which is written by Coach Akeem Robinson, who was a coach there with us at Mizzou, uh, leadership development and relationships. And uh, under money and wealth, these two chapters, one is the first one is written by my wife, who was a professor at Mizzou who taught personal finance yeah. uh, for a long time there. And um, then it was Coach Derek Leger, who was who was on our staff um, as a strength and conditioning coach, but he had a passion for investments and uh, stock market. So I thought, you know, what better? I know he's not a certified per, uh, certified financial planner or a CPA, but he's someone who had knowledge about investments and he's a coach. So uh, that chapter is written by him. And then the, the last four chapters are life after sports, focus and family, and then passing the baton to teach others. Uh, I just thought that I wanted to give back to the athlete. So this is my way of passing the baton is, is putting my experiences as an athlete and as a coach, um, both, uh, athlete as collegially and professionally, just putting it into, uh, into words and something that could be passed on, uh, for generations to come. That's amazing. I feel like you mentioned a lot of, of pivotal characteristics that we can all improve upon. So if you haven't already, go out and get what are you leaving on the table? Uh, is it on like uh, is it on Amazon or, or where can people go to find this book? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Um, it's on a few other platforms, but 
the the best place to find it is probably right on my website, okay, um, which is currently being revamped. Should have it done by the end of this month, but it's you can still go to pativy.com. So that's p a t i v e y dot com, and you can get all all kinds of resources on my website for coaches, for athletes, for teachers, counselors, parents. Um, if you're working with young people, or if you are a young person, or in in athletics, even not even if even if you're not an athlete, I think uh, I've had feedback that from people that said this is this applies to life. So, um, and that's what I tried to do. That's I tried to um, put something out there to help people uh, win it, win the game of life. Yeah, I feel like it's so many just critical things that you learn through playing the game of sports that just naturally transition over to life. It's just about pulling those lessons that you learn and, and applying it in a uh in in the right format um well you mentioned you had came across some some great business minds um teachers coaches etc how has your thought process and, and methodology changed from before and after you had your doctorate and, and came in contact with with some of those amazing people I don't know if it's changed, but I'm always evolving. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. Um, it's something that that my father instilled in me, and I actually uh, put a quote of his in the table, um, and it says, "Never go one day without learning something." And I try to apply that every day, and and I take note. So when, when that happens, when that moment happens, I take note and go, "Hey, that was it. That's your one thing. If you can learn more than one thing, great." But never go one day without learning something. And I think just applying that throughout the graduate school, throughout uh, um, having my doctorate, um, I, I know there were there are questions that I had in my past and I try to answer them in the future. And, you know, it's always cool to answer, to have answers right there. But some of my questions are so complex. It takes that much time and energy and the right relationships and resources to answer those questions. Uh, so even with my dissertation, um, and I shared this with uh, with the team at one point um, that I was coaching, They, I thought they would think it was boring, but they wanted me to share my dissertation with them and put it together on a PowerPoint. And I remember uh, guys like Ian Simon just being so passionate about it. Yeah. Uh, but that research was exploring the live psychosocial aspects of being a, an elite NFL football player. And I interviewed six, um, six former Mizzou players that were either um, pro bowl, super bowlers or significant starters in the NFL and just tried to capture what it is that they thought and did at the point of attack that allowed them to be better than most and what, what allowed them to be flourishing and, and self-motivated and, and great team players. And just sharing that information, uh, you know, that that was uh, that was pretty awesome to see the guys on the team be into something that was really nerdy. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because that segues into my next question. Um, just the the quality of information that you shared from your dissertation and, and the gravity of what we learn, I still apply today. You know, I'm not in front of 60,000 fans. But whenever I have to give a presentation or have any type of task where I have to be at my best in the midst of extreme distraction, I still apply that model. And so if you don't mind, I know our listeners would love us for you to to walk us through how they can get in that zone, turn that switch on and perform at the highest level when they're needed. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so with football, for instance, we know that the average play, <clears throat> excuse me, lasts about six seconds. And and we calculated, depending on what kind of offense you're running or playing against, there's an average of about somewhere around 24 seconds, 24 to 30 seconds of rest in between each play. And we know how much time we spend on those six seconds, uh, the techniques, the fundamentals, uh, the X's and O's, alignment, assignment, uh, you know, what blitzes you're running, what checks you're running, what stunts you're running. Um, we know how much effort goes into those six minutes. But what we discovered is what may be just as important or more important than those six minutes are those 24, I'm sorry, not minutes, six seconds. Yeah. Um, what may be more important than those six seconds. So if I've been saying minutes, I apologize. It's six seconds. Um, it's those 24 seconds that are that may be just as important or more important. And we determined that when the ball is snapped and then the whistle blows, that's the snap to the whistle that lasts for six seconds. But the when that whistle blows until the next snap is about 24 seconds. So we decided, what will we do? Because that's the mental part. That's not where you're applying the physical, other than maybe breathing um, and, and understanding body language. But that most of that is is controlled by the, the mental state and, and some conditioning as well. But those 24 seconds is called the whistle to the snap. And Dr. Rick McGuire, who was our track coach for a long time, he was he was a professor uh, and taught graduate courses and taught many of the graduate assistants in the in the athletics department. He became our director of sports psychology. And we came up with a saying after meeting with Coach Pinkle, and it would be called whistle to the snap, where we would apply the skills of focus and we broke down um, the five skills of focus and we, we created routines for you all and everyone had their own individual routine. But in between each play, you you needed to, uh, you know, you had to have positive self-talk. You had to be in the presence so being right here, right now. Um, you had to have optimal arousal. So that's composure, uh, ability to control um, the different physiological um, operations in your body. And then the fourth, it would be concentration, which is the opposite of distraction. And then we taught you all what real confidence is. And it's it's choosing to be confident. So choosing to, to think right. And it's choosing to be competent. So choosing to know what you're doing. And we, we helped you all develop routines. So deactivating, parking it, refocus. You know, you had five seconds to park it, refocus, let the last play go. And then um, kind of redial and uh, refocus, be ready for the next play. And if you could do that and let the last play go, good, bad, or ugly, you had a better chance to perform your best the next play because you were operating in the present. Um, I think was what was more fascinating than anything is when we started teaching this to you all, uh, you came back and told us how you had been applying it in class and in life which was eye-opening for us. Um, and that's when we realized, wow, the, the impact that we would all be making together on, on the spaces and, and the and, and society. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I think that the biggest takeaway, you know, looking back on it was that, that five-step model of, you know, optimal arousal, focusing on 
um, your composure, your breathing, positive self-talk. It, it shifted our focus from um, a secure mindset, you know, just making sure that we were on our P's and Q's and, and just kind of got through the play to an opportunity mindset and where we were shifting it to, you know, how can we maximize this next play, like get everything we could possibly get out of it. And that's kind of the model that I know I've applied in my life. And, and when I do that, you know, the opp- opportunity is endless um, because you allow yourself and you open yourself up for anything that can possibly happen. Um, so that's just something that that I kind of, you know, hold near and dear whenever I enter a uh, confusing situation, uh, a transition period or, or anything like that. Um, I guess what advice would you give to someone who is in the dark right now on their next steps? Um, you know, they're struggling to make a transition Maybe training camp isn't open or they're just trying to bridge the gap of where they're at right now to where they want to be. I think you have to um, start with everything starts with belief and a belief is a thought. And you need to make sure that whatever whatever thoughts you're having are positive thoughts uh, and because that affects your motivation. And it's tough to be motivated right now because you're not around your teammates. You're not in the facility, maybe not around the coaches. Uh, maybe you don't have access to the equipment or the technology that you're used to having. So staying motivated, it may may be more difficult for some than others. If you are someone who who have worked on your internal and your intrinsic motivation, uh, it doesn't matter to you. You don't care. You don't care what you have, don't have, and whether you're in the parking lot, whether you have weights, whether you have a coach, it does not matter to you. You're going to maximize every opportunity you have. But for those of us who rely on coaches to get us ready, music to get us ready, I mean, certain things, te- other people to get us ready, it's more difficult. And, uh, and and that's hopefully that's worst case scenario as opposed to someone who's just not motivated by anything. I think that's a, that's the real problem that you have a real problem if you're just not motivated at all by anything um, and that we're motivated to prepare. We're motivated to do something. We're motivated to work on our physical our mental, our play, uh, watching video, um, staying connected. We're, we're motivated to prepare, and, and you know, n- knowing the playbook um, and your technique and fundamentals. We're motivated to prepare, and and at that, when when you have when you're preparing, you should there should be a focus that you have about what you're doing, and and when you do have your focus, and we talked about we just talked about those five skills of focus. You can apply intensity to what you're doing. And um, and, and at that point, as soon as you start applying intensity, you, you're getting some emotions involved. You got to be emotionally stable. So how do you how do you remain resilient? How do you remain uh, mentally strong? How do you um, how do you respond with the right emotions to, for the right situation um, and, and be emotionally emotionally flexible? So. Um, you know, a, ability to turn up and turn down, uh, <laughs> you know, responding to the as you responding accordingly to the situations that you're in. And I think then there is accountability that that, you know, you do your job, you get your job done, you get it done for yourself, you get it done for your teammates. Like, I don't believe there, that the saying there's no I in team. Like, I mean, this is all about you doing your job. So Big team, little me. I don't believe in all that. I believe in you are important, and you got you have a job to do. It's important for you to get your job done, uh, 
and get it done for the team. And that's that's true accountability. And then that leads to um, optimal performance. Um, I guess my last question, we had harped on the importance um, and the magnitude of, of mental health as it pertains to your game and your performance. Um, and we had also just discussed that, that you've been a strong advocate for diversity and inclusion. What are some positives and negatives right now in the NCAA in terms of the relationship between the player and the team, psychologist, therapist, um, whatever you may call it? Um, you know, actually, and I, my, I have a podcast called Beyond Sets and Reps and just released an episode Friday with our director of mental health that addresses that question. Uh, they have to be intentional. They have to be plugged in. They have to understand sport. You know, um, you can't have just a, a mental health person that doesn't understand sport and the importance of sport in an athlete's life. Um, you have to have someone that that is empathetic to that and that can help that athlete to navigate, you know, without saying we need to eliminate sport. But how are we going to navigate life and sport together simultaneously? Um, I think that's important to, to make sure you have the right people in that situation. And then we have to look at it, how do we address attacking the stigma of mental health? Uh, and and uh, for us, we having the mental health person right on campus, right in the athletics department is is a way to help, um, you know, challenge that myth of, of, of that. If you need mental health services that you're weak. Um, we had it where we, you know, Dr. Debbie Wright at Missouri and um, Kate O'Brien here at Louisville, you know, two amazing uh, mental health uh, professionals uh, that were just accessible. They 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 understood athletics, and uh, they they had the athletes trust. You know, Dr. Debbie, she's an amazing woman. Um, had the athletes trust. I I remember being having uh, one of your teammates come to me for for another one of your teammates saying, Coach, uh, over spring break, you know, I don't remember his, which athlete it was. I wouldn't say his name, um, you know, but he was doing – he has some disturb, disturbing behaviors over spring break. We're really concerned about him. And, I mean, we're right in the middle of a lift. And I'm going, all right, this this right now is more important than these squats. It's more important than these power cleans, hand cleans. And I said, do you think he, he would be willing to um, – I said, bring him over. Let him know I want to talk if he wants to talk, you know. So he he came over and I said, hey, um, I talked to him. I said, hey, your teammate's concerned about you. You know, some of the things you were doing over spring break, like they're deeply, deeply, deeply concerned enough to come to me in the middle of a lift. He said, he just kind of looked. I said, I want to help you, you know. Um, would you like to sit down and talk with someone to help you process your thoughts? And he said, yes, coach. I said, do you want to do it right now? And he said, yes. Yeah. So, so I walked him down the hall to Dr. Debbie's office, knocked on, on the door. We both went in her office and um, we had a short conversation. He was set up um, for um, um, a meeting um, soon thereafter. And, uh, you know, I, I excused, I said, I, I gave him the option to come back and lift. Uh, he may have came back um, maybe later that day or, or, or whatever he needed to do. Uh, but I remember following up with him like, hey, uh, you know, did you get, get a chance to meet with her? He said, yes, thank you. I really needed that. appreciate that. And I said, well, I'm here for you. You know, let me know if you need anything else. So that's how you attack the stigma 
And that's how you deal with mental health. That's an example, I should say. That's how we did it in that instance. And it worked. And um, I, I don't think a lot of people understand that or, or know how to do it that way. Um, but I know it worked because when teammates are looking out for other teammates and they come to a strength coach in the middle of a lift, I know it's working. <laughs> yeah, I man, that was just I can I can remember more than just that example. I think you had countless examples of where you saw the person first before seeing the athlete and you were vulnerable and, and met that athlete where they were and took the time out of your day to make sure that they got the the proper resources um, and attention that they needed. And I feel like that's just a testament to who you are and, and your character. And, you know, I feel like it's not seen enough in, uh, in today's society. So, um, man, that's all I have for you today. If, if there's anything else you'd like to say, you have the floor. Um, I just want to end with, you know, listeners, whoever's tuning in right now, make sure you check out Dr. Ivy's website, go out and get what are you leaving on the table and tune into his podcast. I appreciate that, Nate. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm, I'm proud of all of you guys. You know, you all endured, endured a lot. Um, and, and especially in 2015 on, on the University of Missouri campus. And, uh, you know, all I, all I ever tried to do was help. And, um, you know, just kind of how things ended up there was hurtful to us all. But, you know, you look at what's happening today in 2020 and um, just know that that um, we were doing things to make to make it better for everyone. And uh, you just got to always do the right thing and 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 trust that uh, trust the process. So I'm grateful, grateful for you, you and your teammates, uh, Coach Pinkle, University of Missouri, uh, Mike Alden, who was AD for a long time. Um, just really proud of you all and uh, keep doing great things and making a difference. Awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of GoPro. I'm your host, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the GoPro Podcast with your host, Nate Brown. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify.